BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. The state's power grid operator is calling on Californians to conserve energy today. As we hear from the California Report's Angela Corral, it's because of expected high temperatures. The California Independent System Operator, which oversees the state's electrical grid, says it expects above-average temperatures to increase demand for electricity. The agency is asking us to be especially mindful between the hours of 4 and 9 p.m. because that's usually when we crank up the AC and when solar energy production wanes. The ISO recommends setting temperatures to 78 degrees or higher. You can also conserve by not doing the laundry or running the dishwasher and turning off unnecessary lights. Forecasters say temperatures could reach 108 degrees in inland areas of the Central Coast and the San Joaquin Valley. Red flag warnings have been issued in far northwest and northeast California because of dry thunderstorms, which could come with lots of lightning. And a heat advisory has been issued for the inland valleys in Southern California. For the California Report, I'm Angela Corral. The federal government has announced new emergency cuts for states relying on water supply from the Colorado River, but so far, California has been spared. The seven states that rely on Colorado River water have not been able to come to an agreement on the best way to drastically reduce water use, as much of the West faces extreme drought conditions. The river's two main reservoirs, Lake Mead and Lake Powell, are both nearly three-fourths empty. And so the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation has cut water supplies to Arizona, Nevada, and parts of Mexico. Michael Cohen with the Pacific Institute in Oakland says projections remain bleak, which could be bad news for those who rely on the Colorado River in Southern California. California, based on a long legal history, to date has been immune from that kind of cutback. But these projections did show that likely in 2023, Based on on these projections, California will also suffer pretty significant cutbacks, possibly 300,000 acre feet or enough water for some 900,000 households. Cohen says the water supply from the Colorado River has been a reliable source for Southern California residents and businesses. But with cuts expected in the coming years, it could be problematic for the entire state. So as less water is available from the Colorado River, that's going to put additional pressure 
uh, on the Central Valley and the Bay Delta, and uh, these Southern California users are going to look not only to additional conservation efforts within their service areas, but also look to get additional water from Northern California. Cohen says the biggest impact may be felt in the Imperial Valley, which uses the greatest amount of water from the Colorado River. There are particular concerns about what this would mean for agricultural businesses, public health, and the ecosystem in that region. In other news, the oil industry has dropped its opposition to a bill that would increase fines on California refineries that violate air quality rules. That's after lawmakers watered down the legislation behind closed doors. KQED's Ted Goldberg reports. When Bay Area Assemblymember Buffy Wicks first proposed tripling penalties for refinery violations earlier this year, the Western States Petroleum Association was opposed. The proposal sailed through multiple committee hearings and passed the Assembly. But late last week, the State Senate Appropriations Committee amended the bill. It lowered the cap on fines for multiple violations and narrowed the cases in which the penalties would increase. Now, a spokesman for the Petroleum Association says the industry group no longer opposes the bill, which is due for a vote on the Senate floor by the end of the month. For the California Report, I'm Ted Goldberg. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fettah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Former Central Valley Congressman T.J. Cox pleaded not guilty Tuesday to more than two dozen federal counts, including wire fraud, money laundering, and campaign contribution fraud. KVPR's Sarith Hawk reports. The Justice Department unsealed an indictment against the former Democratic congressman alleging 28 federal crimes. Prosecutors say Cox acted with intent to defraud through several companies he was involved with. On multiple occasions, Cox is accused of diverting business wire transfers into his own personal bank account. The indictment says he fabricated bank statements and loan guarantees that cost investors and borrowers millions. One charge alleges financing fraud for his 2018 run for Congress. Cox upset incumbent David Valadeo in the 21st District back in 2018, serving one term in Congress before losing the seat back to Valadeo in 2020. Cox was arraigned in federal court Tuesday and released from custody on the condition that he restrict travel and surrender his passport ahead of his next court date in October. Each count carries a maximum of 20 to 30 years in federal prison, plus fines of nearly $2 million. For the California Report, I'm Sarith Hawk in Fresno. A church in San Jose that defied COVID-19 safety regulations will not have to pay more than $200,000 in fines. Calvary Chapel San Jose was held in contempt after violating state and local guidelines on indoor public gatherings. But this week, a state appeals court reversed the lower court decisions in the case, citing a ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2021 that a ban on indoor services was a violation of freedom of religion. 
Santa Clara County says it will continue to seek more than $2 million in penalties against the church for violating other COVID-19 rules. Sidewalks in front of Kaiser facilities in Northern California and the Central Valley are packed with striking mental health care providers again today. As KQED health correspondent Leslie McClurg explains, state regulators are monitoring the situation closely to ensure patient care is not impacted. Picketers in Oakland carry signs that say, safe staffing now. Jason Lechner says Kaiser does not give him enough time to carry out tasks like answering phone calls and emails or referring patients to other experts. If I need to communicate with your primary care physician about substances you're abusing, where's my time to do that? He's a therapist focused on addiction services for youth. Lechner says he and his colleagues regularly work an extra hour or two each day completing administrative work. He wishes he didn't have to go on strike to get Kaiser's attention. He says all adolescent services have been canceled in his clinic this week. There's no groups, there's no sessions, there's nothing. It's unacceptable and it has damaging consequences for those patients. That's Dan Kalb. He's a city council member in Oakland. He marched alongside Kaiser workers. State law requires health plans to offer patients timely care even during labor strikes. Regulators say they are monitoring consumer complaints about Kaiser's compliance closely. The healthcare giant says it will focus on urgent situations, but some ongoing appointments may have to be rescheduled. For the California Report, I'm Leslie McClurg. House Speaker and San Francisco Representative Nancy Pelosi held a telephone town hall with a panel of experts on the monkeypox outbreak Tuesday. Dr. Peter Chin Hong of UC San Francisco has been treating many monkeypox patients. About 10 to 30 percent of people have been hospitalized. They usually get hospitalized not because of monkeypox going crazy, but because of pain or because of skin infections that occur from the bacteria on the skin because it's almost like a burn patient where you have these openings and the bacteria in the environment can get inside. Pelosi said recent news that an additional 442,000 doses of vaccines being made available to states is good. But she added more will be needed. And finally, California has begun a big push to get more four-year-olds enrolled in transitional kindergarten, or TK. But as KQED's Daisy Wynn reports, not every parent of an eligible child is ready to sign up. This ad played on Spanish-language TV in Salinas as part of a campaign to tell parents there's space for their kids in transitional kindergarten. About 400 kids in the Aliso Union School District are eligible to enroll, but only half the slots have been filled. TK teacher Floridalitza Dalit saw this problem last year. Some kids stopped showing up, so she called their homes to ask why. A lot of these parents, they're, they're migrant workers, and so they work really early in the morning, and the children, they come here at 8.15, they just have no one, no one to drop them off. Dalit is teaching the only TK classroom at Sanchez Elementary School this year. Low enrollment led the school district to consolidate a TK classroom at another school with hers. I caught up with her a few weeks ago as she prepared to welcome new students. Because TK will be most of her students' first exposure to school and an adult who speaks English, she wants her curriculum to be fun play-based with students developing social and motor skills at their own pace. They don't even know that they are learning. So a lot of it is like 
self-exploration, and they are learning themselves. The district superintendent, James Koenig, believes COVID still has a lot of parents scared. I think there are just still concerns about, about enrolling these, these very young kids in school and possibly exposing them to the virus. COVID hit the Salinas Valley hard, and infection among farm workers was four times higher than the rest of the population during the first year of the pandemic. But parent Luz Alonso, who has a daughter eligible for TK, says she's worried about the student-to-teacher ratio. I did my research. She wants to keep her daughter in Head Start for another year because kids there get more attention and support from adults. This ties into her big concern. My, my daughter has, um, how can I say it? Potty training, I guess I should uh, say. Okay. When she asked the principal of her neighborhood school about this issue... They just say, well, if she's just going to have to do it on her own, kind of. So mm. it's like, oh my goodness, then that's not what I want for her. That's that's not right. I mean, they're, they're too little. The state is investing $2.7 billion to create this new grade. There's strong demand for TK in San Diego and Simi Valley. While most school districts are phasing in eligible kids for the next three years, these two districts are opening TK to all four-year-olds now. Julie Ellis at Simi Valley Unified says TK's enthusiastic reception there shows how much parents need this program. Pre-K education previously has been mostly available through private preschools. And now we have a public institution that's, that's welcoming these four-year-olds to everyone. And so it kind of levels the playing field for students to have early access to public education. For the California Report, I'm Daisy Nguyen. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, August 17th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from DrinkHint.com And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. 
Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.